Good morning, good morning. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the podcast, The Endurance of Labor Laws. I am your lovely host, Leslie Sullivan. Today is episode 303 and it is part 7 of looking at the different banks that have failed in the United States from the year 2023 all the way back to the year 2000. But before we dive in, let me give a big shout out to my listeners because as usual, you guys are awesome. We love to see you very much. Do check us out on YouTube, subscribe, hit that notification bell so you can receive all of our videos. Let's see here. A big shout out to Virginia, Oklahoma, California, New York, Texas, Illinois, Pennsylvania, Florida, British Columbia, Oregon, New Jersey, West Virginia, Georgia, Colorado, Indiana, Ohio, Arizona, Minnesota, Massachusetts, Alabama, Washington, Utah, Nebraska, Mississippi, DC, North Carolina, Kansas, New Hampshire, Tennessee, Louisiana, Rhode Island, Nevada, Hawaii, New Mexico, Maryland, Michigan, Idaho, Alberta, Iowa, Ontario, New Brunswick, Connecticut, Wisconsin, Newfoundland and Labrador, Manitoba and Nova Scotia. In terms of countries, the United States, Singapore, Canada, the United Kingdom, the Russian Federation, the Netherlands, Australia, China, India, Niger, South Africa, Japan, Slovakia, Uzbekistan, Denmark, the Philippines, the Federated States of Micronesia, Hong Kong, Bangladesh, Greece, and Egypt. Good to see all of you. Okay, so the last bank that we talked about or just briefly mentioned from this list was Guarantee National Bank of Tallahassee in Tallahassee, Florida. Again, their closing date was March 12, 2004, and again, the bank that acquired them is Hancock Bank of Florida. Again, I don't like banks that use those words like guarantee because it's not a guarantee. Um I I always find that suspicious. But the next one failed is Dollar Savings Bank of Newark, New Jersey. That one closed February 14th in 2004 and no bank acquired them. So again, that means that their books were so bad, no one wanted to touch it. That's how bad it was. So whenever it is really that bad, it gets defaulted back to FDIC for them to handle more than likely a huge audit, which should happen in that situation. Not complaining about that at all. The next one failed is Pulaski Savings Bank of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. That one closed November 14th in 2003, so we're moving quickly into the previous years. So we went from February 14th, 2004 all the way to November 14th, 2003. So there's a time gap there of data that we're missing from this list. But the bank that acquired uh, this savings bank is Earth Star Bank. The next one that failed is First National Bank of Blanchardville in Blanchardville, Wisconsin. The closing date is May 9th, 2003. The bank that acquired them is the Park Bank. The next one that failed is Southern Pacific Bank of Torrance, California. That one closed February 7th, 2003. The bank that acquired them is Beal Bank and that's B E A L, so B is in boy, E is in Edward, A is in Apple, L is in Lucy Bank. The next one that failed is Farmers Bank of Cheneyville, and that's C H E N E Y V I L L E. of Cheneyville, Louisiana, if I'm pronounced that correctly. That one closed December 17th in 2002. The bank that acquired them is Sabine State Bank and Trust and that's S A B I N E. The next one that failed is Bank of Alamo in Alamo, Tennessee. That one closed November 2002, so now we're getting into the 2002s. November 8th, 2002, and no one acquired this bank. So again, that means it was so bad that no one wanted to touch it. The next one that failed is Amtrade International Bank of Atlanta, Georgia. 
They closed September 30th, 2002, and no one acquired them. So again, that means their books were so bad, no bank was going to touch it, which says again that it, that it falls into default. So it goes back to the FDIC for them to handle, and it should. The next one that failed is Universal Federal Savings Bank of Chicago, Illinois. That one closed June 27th in 2002. The bank that acquired them is Chicago Community Bank. The next one that failed is Connecticut Bank of Commerce in Stamford, Connecticut. That one closed June 26th in 2002. The bank that acquired them is Hudson United Bank. The next one that failed is New Century Bank of Shelby Township, Michigan. That one closed March 28th in 2002, and no one acquired them. So again, their books were bad, and no one was going to touch it. The next one that failed is see that's Net First National Net First National Bank. That's a weird name. So Net N E T First National Bank of Boca Raton, Florida. That one closed March 1st, 2002. The bank that acquired them is Bank. Oh wow, this is a weird word. Lumini L E U M I U S A. I've never heard of that. The next one that failed is Next Bank in Phoenix, Arizona. That one closed February 7th in 2002, and no one acquired them. Again, that means their books were bad, and no one was going to touch it bankwise. The next one that failed is Oakwood Deposit Bank Company of Oakwood, Ohio. That one closed February 1st in 2002. The bank that acquired them is the State Bank and Trust Company. The next one that failed is Bank of Sierra Blanca of Sierra Blanca, Texas. That one closed January 18th in 2002. The bank that acquired them is the Security State Bank of Pecos, P-E-C-O-S, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. The next one that failed is Hamilton Bank in Miami, Florida. That one closed January 11th in 2002. The bank that acquired them is Israel Discount Bank of New York. I've never heard of that bank. That's very interesting. The next one that failed is Saint Clair National Bank of Gravette, Arkansas, and that's G R A V E T T E in Arkansas. That one closed September 7th in 2001. The bank that acquired them is Delta Trust and Bank. The next one that failed is Superior Bank of Hinsdale, Illinois. Obviously, they're not superior because they failed. Sadly, that one closed July 27th, 2001. The bank that acquired them is Superior Federal. Again, don't use the word superior unless you actually are, and even then, be humble about it.、Um, the next one that failed is Malta National Bank of Malta, Ohio. That one closed May 3rd, 2001. The bank that acquired them is North Valley Bank. The next one that failed is First Alliance Bank and Trust Company. Of Manchester, New Hampshire. That one closed February second, two thousand one. The bank that acquired them is Southern New Hampshire Bank and Trust. The next one that failed is National State Bank of Metropolis of Metropolis, Illinois. Let's see here. That one closed December fourteenth in the year two thousand. Again, now we're getting to the year two thousand. And the bank that acquired them is Banterra Bank of Marion. That's B-A-N-T-E-R-R-A Bank of Marion. That's M-A-R-I-O-N. Not always sure about how to pronounce some of these words because they're new to me. The next and last one that failed on this list is the Bank of Honolulu in Honolulu, Hawaii. That one closed October 13th in the year 2000, and the bank that acquired them is Bank of the Orient. So very interesting there. So that is it right now for this list. We will go back through and look at these banks individually to try and figure out what exactly caused them to fail. So here's the thing: the reason why we take a look at these is to look for patterns and to see, okay, what could have been done 
to save the bank because sometimes and I say sometimes when you save a bank you're saving the depositors but here's the thing it's you know the the depositors are the ones that keep the bank open okay it is the bank's stupidity that causes the bank to fail because it's not the depositors fault that the bank failed because the depositors are not in charge of it the depositors are not the ones who are the president and the ceo and they're not the ones running the bank so needs to say it's very important to understand why these things happen why did they fail what why was it so severe and also once we get done looking at the banks that failed we're going to take a look at the acquiring institutions that took them over because if you'll notice there were several banks that took over other banks it was very common and here's the thing they have to be given permission from the securities exchange commission and from FDIC so there are many things that have to be put into place and they have to be approved because it would be a huge financial risk if only one or two big fat banks took over all of these failed banks because then you've got a bigger problem you've got these larger banks taking over all this bad debt and so if the big banks fail then a lot of things fail so that's why it's good that there are different banks taking over and acquiring different banks that are failing because you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket with this. It's kind of like the stock market. Like you don't just invest in one thing, right? Like you want to spread the risk. If that's, you know, a positive way to put it, but it is financially if you're taking a look at it from a financial point of view, the best thing to do is to try and limit your risk as much as possible. So that means you don't put all your eggs in one basket because you don't want to assume that you, that you know exactly what's going to happen at all times. I mean it's kind of like, you know, do you know if your cat is always going to catch a mouse on the weekend? No. Like th- there's no guarantee that your cat is actually going to catch a mouse. You're never going to know, you know, if they caught a mouse or if they already ate it. You know what I mean? So it's just kind of like there are so many things that you you just cannot predict. So you want to spread the risk, but you do not want to spread the risk in such a way that it puts everybody at risk. because you don't want to burden each other. So that's why these more stable banks tend to take over and acquire these less stable banks because they want to try and try and protect the depositors because again the depositors protected up to $250,000. Now here's the thing, when Silicon Valley Bank failed in California not too long ago, You know the depositors were getting really mad that you know they're not going to get all their money back. Well, welcome to the real world of banking. You're only guaranteed up to a certain point, and beyond that, hey, your money is lost. You take that risk whenever you put your money into into a bank, because it is a financial, I would say, investiture kind of thing. It, it's a way of investing in something. You may not realize it, but as a depositor of a bank, you technically are a investor, especially if you're over 250k. That's just how it is. So there were many Democrats and many people from Silicon Valley Bank in California. They wanted all of their money back. They wanted all of it to be insured. That's not possible. That is not the responsibility of the FDIC, and that is not the responsibility of the American people. See, because here's the thing: if you guarantee all of these people's money, those fines and fees. are going to come from the American public because the FDIC cannot afford to fund all of that because it's over and above 250k per depositor. Like I am not responsible, <coughs> excuse me, for a millionaire losing their money in any way shape or form, but especially over 250k. Like here's the thing, if you want to insure everybody's money at every level, 
that it's going to cost you, meaning the fees and interest rates are going to go sky high at your financial institutions because if you want to make them cover everything, you're going to pay for it. You're going to pay for it. and you're getting the federal government overly involved in your finances and i don't think you want to do that because that's not the role of government it is not so you know even though i am a republican capitalist i think it's good the fdic stops at 250k because it is not anybody's responsibility to cover over that i think it's nice that we can cover it up to 250k but even then that's not our responsibility with the bank because again the depositor we are an investor but we don't own the bank and we don't make decisions for the bank like like we don't decide what kind of loans the bank is going to offer you know what i mean so the, you know there's a difference between being i would say a direct investor and a indirect investor if you are a direct investor then you're someone that's typically uh, typically on the board of the bank or you you know go to shareholder meetings and things like that. If you are a indirect investor, which is what most of us are, if you have a deposit or if you have an account with a bank and you're just a depositor, you are a indirect investor, meaning you're not on the board, you don't hold stock, you're not a share you're not a shareholder, you just have money in that bank. So when you are a indirect um investor, you're you're just a depositor so that means you really have no say over what's going on at the bank that you're doing business with so you you don't tell them oh well this is the interest rate you're going to charge me or i don't approve of any of your fees so you you can't charge me anything that's not how banks work so needs to say if you think that banks should be covered per depositor for more than 250k you're asking for a living breathing nightmare because it will cost everybody a tremendous amount of money because you know here's the thing let's say you are a middle class family do you really want to be on the hook financially for some millionaire that lost their money and i'm not against millionaires i think they're great in fact most of them are are truly wonderful people but it's not right to put people who have less money on the hook for someone else's financial mistake that's my point so that's another reason why we are looking at all these individual banks because it's important to understand Why did they do what they did? Why did they fail? How did they come out of it? And what happened to their depositors? Because to lose your money is 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 a lot to say the least. One way that you can limit risk is to have a bank account at multiple banks but don't go over 250k. That would be the safest way because you are insured up to $250,000 and that's via the FDIC. So when you think about FDIC, That means you and I the taxpayer are funding that FDIC fund. That's why Elizabeth Warren was so mad at some of these bank executives because they got all these millions of dollars in 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 bailout money from the FDIC, but then these bank executives they gave themselves tremendous bonuses and tremendous raises on our money. Taxpayer money. That's why she was asking for them to give it back to the FDIC because that money is not supposed to be so they can pad their pockets so to so to speak or line their pockets. It's it's to protect the investor and to protect the depositor. And again, me personally, I am all for people making a lot of money, you know, growing in their career and doing really well, but it should not be at the expense 
of the American taxpayer via federal dollars, via federal taxes. That is not appropriate because that's not actually making money. That is technically swindling the federal government. And the federal government is you and me, the American taxpayer. And here's the thing. Whenever an entity or a person swindles the federal government, they are swindling the American taxpayer. And that is greed and that is wrong. And it directly impacts everybody's work. It impacts you as a worker and as a worker, you have workers' rights because you're, you are paying taxes into the system. And that system is supposed to protect you. It's not supposed to enable greedy, um, bad people that work at banks to make millions of dollars off of other people's misery. That's, that's the thing. So that's why we're taking a look at all this because these things directly impact workers' rights. And typically, it's not in a positive way. But anyway, I will go ahead and end it there for this lovely podcast. But as usual, until next time, I pray that you're happy, healthy, and whole, that you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Thank you so much. God bless and bye-bye. Don't let this world go down with